you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and every body. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Around the NFL Podcast. Can't beat the too high shell. <laughs> From the Chris Wessling podcast studio, it's around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis, joined by the heroes, Greg Rosenthal and Mark Sessler. Greggy, woo! It's the week 14 Sunday recap show, the flagship program, and it very nearly did not happen. The, our podcast came so close to ending today. How's that? You've got me on the edge it of my seat. It was almost over, at least over as we know it. All Ricky. right. And here comes the onside kick with 117 <laughs> left. Tucker bounces to the right side, hits off a Browns player, and the Ravens recover at the 40-yard line. Wow. If the Ravens recovered that onside kick and then turned it into the game-winning field goal to beat the Browns, Mark's gone. And the show, as we know it, is over. Thankfully, the Browns got the stop, and we'll get to the game later. But it was so close. Yeah, I think, you know, Greg and I, we are in the office during these early games, and I think that I was probably annoying you with my, you know, I yeah. was dropping some sailor's language in the direction of the Ravens <laughs> and the Browns. It would have been so. over. It would have been tough. We would have had to step in to Mark had a lot of responsibilities today. It would have been. T- but it, w- <laughs> yeah. it was um, it was typical. This was that like the theme of the week kind of. You know, yeah, if we're looking overarching, it started with that crazy Vikings game, giving up the big lead. The Browns gave up the big lead. Uh, they won. The Cowboys gave up the big lead. They won. The Bucks gave up the big lead. They won. The 49ers gave up the big lead. 
they won. And mm. like I mentioned, it all started back on Thursday night when That's I watched true. that Vikings team drive that strawberry truck all over the field. Don't you <laughs> think I forgot? Greg, if, if you listen the to the recap, you know. Greg listens to the Thursday night show when he's not on it, and you got to give him respect for it. And Mark, I literally, my, my stomach jumped. <laughs> When the onside kick happened, because I knew the the ramifications could have been huge, but we're all together. Well, well, what do you think I would have done? I don't know. Okay, like I, I mean, our windows on the second or third floor are they're you know, hermetically sealed. I guess. So. I guess I could imagine driving in and just seeing like a hole where the office used to be. <laughs> so everyone's going out. <laughs> Thankfully, it didn't come to it. We're going to get to the Browns, who uh, almost impossibly. Um, are in position to win that AFC North because that division's so wide open. We're going to get into what's going on there. But yes, let's start with the, on paper, what was the game of the day? And then it didn't look like it was going to be that way, but oh, hell yeah. It turned out to be a great ball game down there in Tampa between the Bills and the Bucks. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. Pot ball first out of the 50. Outside the numbers, 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashan Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. Perriman. 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 <laughs> Gene Deckerhoff. WFUS. Josh Allen played like a star in the second half. But Tom Brady reminded us in overtime that he is the GOAT. The quarterback hooked up with... Jets legend Brashad Perriman for a 58-yard <laughs> touchdown. It was the game-winning score in a wild 33-27 win over the Bills. Tampa Bay uh, moves to 9-3. and 10-3. 10-3. And remain very much in the mix for the number one seed in the NFC. Thank you, Mark. The Bills, meanwhile, all of a sudden 7-6 and in danger of falling out of playoff position in the AFC entirely. Uh, what a game, Greg. So good. 24 to 3 felt over and yet the Bills defense went on a run before that overtime drive by the Bucks where 5 of the 6 Bucks offensive drives went for 10 yards or less not counting the kneel downs and that defense that we've heard about all year got them back into the game Josh Allen got them back into the game but ultimately the team with the win here and the 33 points are led by what I think is the most unstoppable force in all of the NFL right now, which is the combination of Tom Brady and this offensive line. Those two things together are so hard to beat for 60 minutes or or 65 like in this game. He had a lot of throws, including that game winner, where it wasn't out of his hand that quickly. And yes, they struggled in the second half against a good pass defense, but in the first half, Bowling the way for Leonard Fournette, protecting Brady. When you've got that good of a line, even against a good defense, and that good of a quarterback playing at such a high level, man, it's going to take a a really special offensive performance to beat them. And the Bills got that, but they only got about a half of that. They didn't get a full game of that. Well, it's funny because you mentioned... You know, the script writers, the football gods, um, made seven or eight games this weekend, feels like, had the same narrative. Huge lead, lost it, didn't lose it. Here's the same thing. I, I, if I'm a Bills fan, it was 27 to 10 at one point, and had that turned into 37 to 13 or something, Western New York is on fire after what happened last week and this week, and you're looking at a Bills team that is going to be heavily Mm. critiqued nonstop. I thought they fought their way back into this thing in a valiant effort that, yes, I know you lost, but you've got Carolina next, then that Patriots game. 
The I old think build on the moral victory game. I, I don't it's know. Possible. I mean, it's possible. It happens. I, I just think that like that it was so negative a week ago. There's a lot to take away from this. And you lost to what is arguably the best team in football that is the most consistent team in football in a season when there's like two or three consistent teams in the entire league. I mean, when it's 24 to 3 at halftime, coming off what happened on Monday night against New England. And then they go three and out to start the second right. half. Too. They go three and out. So, so it's out. just Sorry. like at that time, it just felt like the walls had caved in for the Bills, and this was going to be a season that was remembered ultimately as one of titanic disappointment mm. for a Bills franchise that had Super Bowl aspirations. And yeah, they still lost. So they're at seven and six, um, they're going to have, and they have, of course, like we said, the Patriots coming up in two weeks, um, and that could be good or bad for them, obviously. And it's just like, yes, they have work to do, but it's a reminder why you do not count out the Bills because they do have. Um, Josh Allen. And I think Allen is one of those special players that he can really carry it. He put that entire team on his big boy back and nearly took it home. They, he came n- near the end um, before they kick, kicked the tying field goal at the end of the fourth quarter. He very nearly scored the game-winning touchdown. It was a game of inches, and so they fell short. But I think people that root for the Bills and support the Bills, and I think Sean McDermott, are thinking to themselves, okay, this is a bummer that we didn't finish off this comeback. But I think we got another we got more fight left in us. We're not going to stay on the mat. We'll be up. I was ready to count them out after the Patriots thing. And that's me jumping the gun on some of these things over and over. But I was especially ready to do it about the time Dan hit the office and things looked awful. Mm. And it's the rare game where I think the three of us got to sit down and watch it, you know, tick by tick as it went to its final conclusion. It was totally thrilling. And I I think there's a connection. By the way, since I do, I think that you are. You, you, so you were a, saying you were rooting it on. You were yes, as I wanted into it. that game as I've seen all year. You're so a spiritual torchbearer for these Bills on some level. Josh Allen's game was so good. He goes 12 for 109 on the ground and a touchdown, and that was an early emphasis. Him on design runs and him putting his foot in the ground when he sees man coverage and he sees a, a lane and scrambling for yards too. I think that could be one solution to their running game struggles. They literally didn't call a carry for their running backs in the first half, which was almost hilarious. And Bills fans uh, are losing their mind. You know, they finally call some in the second half and they pop a couple. Allen hurt his, what looked like either his foot or his ankle. He's got a little bit of a toe injury. They, they wrapped his ankle and he still played great. And yet I, I know I hear everything you're saying and that's true. And I don't think this team would doubt itself. And I've, I have never gotten off the point where I think they're an AFC contender. I still do at seven and six with all that said, Ooh, this would have been a nice win. Like they don't have a lot of those nice wins against good teams. They have a lot of yeah. heartbreaking losses against good teams. No, and and they yep. could have called a holding or a pass interference mm. on the Bucks late in that game. That that non call, I didn't have as big a problem with as the Micah Evans got a pass mm. interference call uh, in in overtime. And so a couple things also went against them in this game. Uh, they did not make you know, their own luck either. I'll I, get to that in a second. Yeah, this as, game's I, a, as I've said on like uh, numerous occasions, a lot of my uh, numerous anger. Yes, many times. It's another way to say it. Okay. Uh, my anger and my frustration around Tom Brady mostly dissipated when he left New England. <laughs> but sometimes it will resurface when things like that happen. The Bills don't get the P.I. call at the end of the fourth quarter. And then the Bucks do get a suspect DPI uh, call in overtime that sets up the permanent touchdown. a good touchdown. job by Evans. 
He but created James Harden. It was a terrible again. call. It was a terrible call. He went. He knew he was trying to get it, a penalty there. I know, and I saw the same thing happen for the Browns in the favor of the Browns uh, today. Again, well, uh, they always get the call. Under, so. <laughs> yeah, an underthrown ball. Receiver comes back to it, and everybody's like giving Mike Evans a ton of credit. It's like he actually, he's just playing the ball. He's got to slow down and come back because it's an underthrown ball, and they're just throwing the flag every time. It's got to be a point of me- emphasis mm. that they look at uh, in the offseason. This game had so much to it. It was one of the more fascinating games of the year. Like Godwin, Evans, Gronk, and then Perriman and, and Fournette in the end. They made such good plays for Brady, not always on the best throws, too. Like, that's underrated, too, that he has guys that can make plays. But I I think it showed the strengths and the weakness of McDermott. The strengths are Romo made a good point of him adjusting on the sidelines and really changing what they did defensively about midway through that second quarter. Romo kind of first guessed that there. And McDermott didn't, like, wait for halftime to make adjustments. They changed what they were doing defensively, and they shut it down. That's where McDermott is maybe as good or better than any coach in the league. But with some of the game management stuff, uh, kicking a field goal inside the five early in the game, they go for a fake punt on fourth and two instead of just having your offense out there to go for the fourth and two. It didn't work, so that's easy to guess. But the biggest problem I had was was the punt Mm. uh, in the fourth quarter. And you can say, well, look, they came back. Like, that was him trusting the defense. Well, it was right before the Bucs went on a six-minute drive. And the way the Bills were playing offense at that point, I I think actually supports the the point when they go touchdown, touchdown, field goal after that. It's like they're playing good offense. Trust them to go get a couple yards. You got to like one you. thing coming out of last week when they were getting killed in the red zone against New England. They had a touchdown that where the drive got it ended at the Tampa Bay 18, a touchdown from the Tampa Bay 15, a touchdown from the Tampa Bay 4, and a field goal from the 7. They capitalized on that this and, time around. Yeah. And you know what? That's they're why war- I want to see the Patriots and Bills play. In normal weather. Right, but when right, you talk about like McDermott adjusting, he did not adjust in that Patriots game. You got to go do it in that game, too. I mean, I just, I think they were exposed, and then we, they are mm. confirmed as a good team again. All right, so the Bills uh, finished with three of four uh, teams under 500 and the Pats. Uh, and one last note on Brady that's 700 career touchdown passes when you factor in the postseason. And he also, for whatever this means to you, probably doesn't mean much, he became the NFL's all time completions leader. So he owns every record in. I book. mean, when you play till 44, some of these numbers are going to come your way. Poor Drew Brees. I was thinking, like, Drew Brees keeps having to talk. Like, I saw him on Sky Sports earlier just talk about how great Brady is as he, like, breaks his records. That's, like, the ultimate revenge. And Manning's on the Manning cast talking about how great I mean, Brady is. Like, seven like, this million is the ultimate to just dunking the he's football fine. on his biggest rivals. I don't know. I'm not that concerned about Drew Brees. Know. But, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's now move <laughs> to the other overtime late game. Two barn burners kind of saved this Sunday. Jimmy Garoppolo, first and 10, 12-yard line, going to roll to his left, throws, caught by Brandon Ayuk on the 10, 5, diving for the end zone! Now he's in. That, that's clearly I, a touchdown. Yeah, I think that is a touchdown. Here is Craig Rolstad. What do you got, Craig? After review, <laughs> it is a touchdown. Touchdown! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. San Francisco! <laughs> <laughs> if she See, gives me the bongos. Out. That worked out good. Ayuk is on fire. Whoa. <laughs> he don't need no water. Let him score. <laughs> Whoa. And that doesn't get bongos, Ricky. <laughs> She's a tough grader. Uh, that's, you got to put that in for the calls <laughs> of the year, the though. Call yeah. of the year. Beat it, world. Greg Papa and Tim Ryan, KNBR. You know, people now are paying attention, Ricky. That's a responsibility you have. 
Where do the bongos belong from week to week? Are you ready for that responsibility? Maybe she's found a better landing spot. Yeah. Let's wait and Ma- see. I'm not judging you. I'm saying you're aware, though, that people see you, that as a reward. Dan, like your power rankings, there's hmm. other things that come into right. Okay. Right. consideration. There could be other strategy, too. Maybe a, a bad game needs some juice. Any right. thought about that? Or it's too early in the show, and you don't want to lose all the juice. The yeah, you got to figure Listen, it out. no judgment zone. Thank you. Just we've, saying, we've got people that are Jets Saints attention. coming up. We just, you don't know what could got be it. out there. <laughs> Jimmy G connected with Brandon Ayuk, who dove over that pylon for the game-winning score and great editing work by Tamposi there, chopping it all up, lifting the 49ers to a 26-23 overtime win over the Bengals. The San Francisco uh, football team blew a 20-6 lead in the fourth quarter and fell, uh, fell behind by a field goal in overtime. But they found a way, Mark, thanks to big-time efforts from Jimmy G. Ayuk and another I'm better than everyone performance from George Kittle. You said it. Uh, I was trying to think of what what this game made me feel because I went in with so much excitement thinking that, you know, these two uh, pet teams of mine would create a barn burner (laughs) from wire to wire. And it was not the case. And it kind of reminds me like, um, you know, you'd go back the back of the day, you'd go to like a huge house party and stay at someone's house and you'd sleep over and there'd be this one guy on the floor that you didn't really know at all. Sure. Uh, but Guy he was like floor. snoring or snoozing, totally out. And like you'd be there for two hours waiting for him to farting. wake up and get farting. And ah! you'd be thinking like, this guy is the it's most like sloth-like, that. annoying individual yeah. ever. And then when he awakens, mm-hmm. suddenly he's dropping bombs. He's funny. Ah! He's hilarious. And he's like, <laughs> he's the life of the party. You're thinking, that's what this game was hmm. when it started to round into form. Because you were oh, yeah. uh, not trusting Jimmy G in this game early on. Joe Burrow, the passing attack for Cincinnati was off kilter. And then both quarterbacks caught total fire. And they just ditched the running games, which is, you know, atypical for both of these teams. It was one big play after the next. George Kittle, 13 catches, 151 yards yeah. and a touchdown. It was on our Friday show that Greg asked, why aren't the Niners just throwing it to George Kittle over and over? Well, they listened. I said that actually. No, it was Greg. It was definitely Greg. <laughs> yeah, it was. It, it, and, it, and they did it today. And you what know a what? call by me. It was you. you and Greg, this you, guy you called it. yourself a potential <laughs> offensive coordinator, so maybe you've got something going on there. George Kittle is good. This became a total fireworks show down the stretch. And I thought that Burrow and Jimmy G, especially you had Jimmy G, not, you know, have one of his terrible, he almost had one, but a oh. terrible turnover. None of that. Like, it was one big play after the next, and it gave me faith in the Niners because I really thought mentally they were broken hmm. after Robbie Gould missed that field goal. I thought they were oh, going to go into, into overtime and just get waxed. They did not. They came back with the winning drive after the Bengals field goal, and they are they are seven and six like every other team in the league right now, so, and they've got life. So, like, with this game... Uh, just like the first game we talked about, I came away with it more impressed with the losing quarterback, Joe Burrow, who's just so fun. I, I tweeted. Uh, well, he's a better quarterback, but Jimmy G didn't no, well, collapse. Right? Let me just finish. Like I tweeted uh, during the game. I want to be a Bengals fan. And everybody I was kind of <laughs> winking, obviously, because nobody would want to be a Cincinnati fan. But it's there is something to be said when you're watching games now. And there's this 23 year old quarterback with a ton of charisma. That oh, is yeah. really making the Bengals fun to watch. And you could see it in that stadium, how fun the, uh, even though the three and four at home this year and they've had some clunkers, it's just a really fun atmosphere. And when he got that team rolling, it just felt like it was over. It felt like once Cincinnati got back into the game, once they tied it up, once they took the lead in overtime, that Garoppolo was either going to fumble or throw an interception and we'd be talking about the same old stuff with San Francisco. And yet, I think Jimmy D- G does, deserves credit here, Greg, because 
this was a big time performance from him. It's not just whoever is the quarterback for George Kittle's a great player or Brandon Ayuk. He did deliver in a big spot where he could have melted. He did, but that, that dive, that play by Ayuk was crazy. Some of those catches by Kittle, it's a team effort. And more than anything, he got a chance to do it because of Nick Bosa. Like that, that overtime drive that Cincinnati had ends on one of Nick Bosa's two sacks. And both of those sacks came in massive spots that, San Francisco 49ers are so shorthanded at cornerback uh, because of injuries, also because of Dante Johnson, a, a starter who un- unfortunately lost his mom over the weekend and was not available for this game. And they're playing just kind of ham and eggers, and that's why T. Higgins can go 5 for 114. That's his third straight over 100. Uh, but it's like the you love to see your best players show up, and that's Kittle. Ayuka is now becoming one of those, obviously, Jimmy G, but also Bosa. That was just like a massive game. And 7-6 and six in the NFC, like the 49ers are, is not the same as 7-6 and six in the AFC. The 49ers are a solid game up on the 7 seed even uh, with that win. So each one of these wins in the NFC uh, for San Francisco really gets them closer. It probably is only going to take them going two and two the rest of the way to make the playoffs the way this NFC is shaping up. You're right. I think that the Niners did a pretty good job of masking their issues on the outside at cornerback for much of this game, and then it was too much. And, you know, had had the Bengals been waxed, had this just taken on the form of the early part of the game, I would look back at Zach Taylor kicking Ooh. a field goal from the San Francisco 10 at fourth and two later on, or earlier on, I should say, they kicked a field goal from the San Francisco 19 at fourth and one. This does not get you invited to the analytics Christmas party. Um, that's sort of 1996 tactics right there. But, you know, when you've got Burrow playing the way he did on the stretch, it masks some of those sins. <laughs> you, um, you reminded me of a pretty classic uh, text rant from the Spice Rack. Are we do you guys want to – it's filled with expletives. Do you think that our uh, audience uh, wants to hear it? I don't know. Maybe you could clean it up so Ricky doesn't have to do so much work. Or well, maybe it would be funnier if you just let it rip. I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know where to start because it went on for so long. Uh, but here here we go. Patented Spicer. Fire that dip. Fire Zach. Dave Shula, greater than Zach Taylor. Bruce Coslett, greater than Zach Taylor. Dick LeBeau, greater oh than Zach Taylor. Shittiest f***ing shithead in history. Picked a great time to establish the run. What a f- face asshole. Oh, boy. <laughs> no follow-up text what is to with that these, later. The these, funny thing is Coslett over Taylor is actually the most vicious thing he said in there. Or Dave Shula. Uh, Shula, 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 one Shula, Shula cuts what deep. Bengals fans, try to, try to enjoy this. I understand the Sorry, frustration. Ricky. Try to enjoy this. It's a fun, exciting team. They might not win every game, but think where you were two years the ago. The last two weeks have now. been pretty heartbreaking uh, if you're a Bengals fan. That, yeah, that I, said, they're now the ninth seed. They, they, they've they been bumped out right. of, you know. Fair enough. Okay, we got to keep moving here. Up next, let's head to Kansas City where the Chiefs are looking to get their offense in gear. And running left. Balls out. Balls out. Jacob fumbles. Picked up by Kansas City. Ten, five, touchdown. Kansas City. Mike. Hughes with the scoop and score on the very first play from scrimmage. Mitch Holtis, WDAF. That was the game. Right there. It was over after one play from scrimmage. The Raiders were ready to go home, and they played like it for the next three and a half hours. Patrick Mahomes threw his first two touchdown passes in nearly nearly a month. Clyde Edwards-Alaire added two more scores on the ground. The Chiefs' defense continued its surge, forcing five turnovers. Rolling to a 48 to nine victory over the moribund Raiders. Oh, they're moribund now. Uh, Man. That, that keeps 
Kansas City comfortably ahead in the AFC West. You know, first of all, 48 points, nearly drop a 50 burger. So, again, the temptation here is to say, ah, Chiefs are good now on offense. I'm not quite there. I think <laughs> I think they had 375 yards of total offense. I think this was a game where, yes, you start with the defensive score. You do a nice job moving the ball. Nothing like otherworldly, like old school Chiefs, but definitely some strides in that department. And then a Raiders team that just weren't there to compete. And this is the same Raiders team. Remember there was that controversy where they – took the bus and did like a celebration uh, lap. When was that, last season? Yeah, that's right. And when they, they stood the on midfield and they did all this stuff. And, you know, that stuff always comes back to haunt teams when they do Why dumb stuff do like that? that. Because that was obviously a point, a point uh, for the Chiefs after the game that they just wanted to destroy this team after they tried to embarrass them uh, uh, at Arrowhead. So, yes, good job by the Chiefs getting right. And by the way, now that five-game winning streak is a six-game winning streak. And if this is a sign that the offense is waking up a little bit, well, look out. Because if you do, do combine maybe not record-setting offense like the good old days, but a good offense with this very good defense right now, you're going to continue to win a lot of games. They're 9-4 and four now, and the Raiders 6-7 and seven and getting ready for a dirt game. It is the worst loss mm. in the 61-year history of the Raiders. That surprises me. 48-9 is brutal, but I, the whole history of the team. That's I got amazing. something else that will surprise you. Oh, okay. This game and will annoy you, was a scorigami. I will say nothing else, but... <laughs> Eat it! Wow. Well, I that is definitely the most interesting part of this game to me. I can't, no I can't believe this. The Raiders se- <laughs> season... Look, the Chiefs have... Their entire slump offensively has been interrupted now twice by 40 burgers against the Raiders. They've slumped still against everyone else. Right. Those are their two good games. But yet, the, this oh, Raiders... Yeah collapse happening in the exact same way that it's happened the last couple of years. I don't know why I'm I'm surprised. They they have a winner go home game uh, on Saturday afternoon. Good luck with that, Mark. Um, you know, it's like the last Saturday before Christmas. Um, you know, you got to handle your family and but there's a Browns yeah, good, Raiders game. Goodbye Saturday. I'm just saying uh that's that's kind of a winner go home game in the you know, the Raiders for technically for maybe for both, but nah, certainly for the Raiders. I'm I, telling you dude, it's over. It's over, but you have the the thing that's crazy to me is remember that there was that uh, dolphin. It's almost like it happens at the same time every year, too, when they're officially gone. There was that Dolphins Raiders game a year ago. It's just like it's so depressing. And I I think I know I need to get eyes on this game, but 20 for 24 for Patrick Mahomes is good no matter how you cut it. And 10.8 yards. Yeah, I don't want to undersell it either because given their struggles and they've been fairly immense. Kansas City uh, for most of the season. Just any time you could, you know, run for 130 yards. Um, you know, he threw for 258 Mahomes. You're still not getting, you know, Tyreek popped off uh, one uh, for 38 yards. You're still not getting like those huge, huge games. Travis Kelsey, again, quiet. Um, but this was, you know, great win and it was over quickly. Five turn, five, you know, you win the turnover margin, the, five to nothing. There's no Darren Waller out there. That is ugly. The D, I, I know it's the, I know it's the Raiders and they, they clearly, number one, if you don't match up well against the best team in your division, good luck. But, uh, the defense for Kansas City is, there's no questioning how powerful they've become and that can lead you. I mean, it doesn't have to look like it looked in the past for the Chiefs. I mean, this is also a game where Josh Gordon, who t- turned 38 four weeks ago, um, had a touchdown. So, 38? 
What are you talking about? I'm just saying I feel like we've been talking about Josh Gordon for 17 years, so I'm assuming he's 38. Uh, he, I think he's been 29 for 12 he's straight 30. years. He's officially But, uh, yeah, it was like a one-yard touchdown, whereas one of those Mahomes runs that's really a pass. But good for Josh Gordon. He's overcome a lot. Yeah, at Browns, home Broncos, at Colts versus Chargers. Technically, Browns, uh, the Raiders are still alive. Uh, but, oh, there it is. That's when the soul of a team goes up oh, into the oh, nether world. I didn't know it's that. Gone. They're gone. The Raiders are gone. I don't know. It's not the same as Forked because that's a full vote. I can only tell you when I hear it, and that happens. I know, but they, Dan, they are a totally broken boat leaking barrels of water. But what happens when they off Cleveland next week? They are in the se- they're in the heavens. It's not happening. You did, did you hear that, or was I, that just in my head? No, I heard it. It was the soul going Their up. Their soul. Right? Yeah. Okay. That's gone. I'm not sure I believe. I'm not sure I believe, but we will. All right, let's pause right here and take a break. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Fourth down and six from the 45 at Baltimore. He's got the snap. Back to pass. Throws. Caught. Bateman got it. And the Browns stop him. A big hit by Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward hit him right on the button at the 45. And the Browns get the ball back. Game, set, match. <laughs> okay. All right. Give him. Give it to him. Give it to Mark. Give it to Shushi. Jim there we Donovan. go. We got the bongos, Chuck. Jim Donovan with the call, WKRK. Do the Browns deserve bongos? Uh, yes. You are not going to be in charge uh, of everything. Hey, when you beat Tyler Huntley, uh, barely, <laughs> though, you got to get the bongos. All right, both of you. Hush. And exhale. The Browns nearly allowed Tyler Huntley and the Ravens to pull off a miracle victory, but the defense got the big stop on fourth down near midfield. It secured a vitally important 24-22 win at the dog pound. Yes, Huntley replaced Lamar Jackson, who was ineffective before exiting the game with an ankle injury in the second quarter. Shooky, welcome back, buddy. How are you? I'm, I'm great. You know, you're it's wearing just a, a, a Steelers winter cap there for a second, but uh, this don't is, believe this is, uh, Cleveland. This is Cleveland Cavaliers, baby. Get oh, it right. There you go. Shooky, uh, curious, what was the level of internal terror when Baltimore recovered that onside kick <laughs> in the final minute? 
Is there, what's the scale on? Is this one to 10? One to 10 is like pee your pants. 174. <laughs> Ooh, wet pants. <laughs> Change them pants. Yeah, r- a rough little ending there, but I guess you take uh, some strength uh, from out of the team's ability to stop the stop that final drive. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're playing against Tyler Huntley, who, by the way, led a game-winning drive against the Bears recently, so it's not like mm. he's the worst quarterback in the league, but it's still Tyler Huntley, mm-hmm. and you let him run all over you a little bit, and you let him throw the ball up and down the field and, and mount a comeback, but you do take a little bit of um, excitement and enjoyment out of that. Jadevian Clowney coming up with a big sack on second down. Denzel Ward with a nice stick on fourth down to stop them well short of the sticks on a play call that I'm sure the Ravens will want back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're happy about the defense. You're still concerned about the fact that the offense couldn't do anything in the second half, could not put their foot on the throat and put this game away when they had multiple opportunities to. And if you're the Browns, you're happy to still be alive in a division that is very wide open after the Bengals mm-hmm. lost to beat the Ravens. I mean, it's all right there in front of you. I feel like because yet yeah, it was concerning and when it was 24 to 6, I told Greg that I was nervous, and you know, I understandably, logically, we said, "Just shut up with that. You're they're fine." Right. You said, "No, you said the Ravens are going to win," and at that point, it was twenty-four to nine, and the Ravens had the ball with ninety yards to go, and it was like in the fourth quarter. I'm like, "What? Ga- I haven't watched this game, but that's crazy." You know what? You were kind of right. You well, were I right. mean, I just think that we're kind conditioned of. to what the, what the low points these teams are possible. But if anything, from a more like esoteric angle. It, no one's going to remember the details of this game a week or two from now. They needed to they needed to off a division opponent like the Ravens to shut a lot of negativity up. I mean, you could feel the frustration from Baker Mayfield at that one juncture where, I don't know if it was the league or the team, pulled him off the field after that terrible hit he took, and he was in the face of the medical guy saying, don't make me go in that blue tent. And even like after he had been there in a minute, he peeked his head out to see what the next play was. And then he was back on the field at some point. I also, this seemed um, sort of emblematic of the game to me. They kept shooting um, or showing images of Lake Erie, and it looked like an angry Baltic Sea. I mean, it looked insane out there. You were on the scene, or at least in the city. What's going on there? It's been extremely windy here for the last 48 (laughs) hours to the point where I was carrying a cardboard box outside yesterday with uh, my girlfriend trying to take her to Nordstrom Rack to return some stuff, and I basically almost got blown over by the wind. The box went flying. Wow. It was a large box. So that that very choppy water's out there. But I thought you were actually going to point out the color of the watermark, which was a nice tinge of um, depressed depressed brown. And not the, not the brown that the browns wear, but just like a gross lake water brown. Yuck. Uh, but, you know, hey. I mean, I know out. you, like, enjoy every win against the Ravens, but the Browns, to me, are a unique team this year in that there's they've had a lot of wins you kind of can't totally enjoy. Like the Lions win, didn't totally enjoy that one. There was that Vikings win early in the season. I'm not so sure about that. There was like even that Texans game early, didn't really enjoy that. The fact that this is a team that their trademark was a bit uh, the ability to run in the fourth quarter and like grind teams out, lose Kareem Hunt to what could be a big injury, and Chubb struggles. And Baltimore, who's so shorthanded and lost Calais Campbell during the game, rallies back that it feels like it's about as bad a win over the Ravens, at least, as is possible. That's it. A win is a win, though. And I think that's all they want right now, especially the way they lost to them two weeks ago. And another game that they easily could have won if they could do anything offensively. The fact that they were able to pull this one out by building that lead and hanging on for dear life. They all count the same, and at this point in the year, that's all that matters. Lamar, we need to find out the severity of this ankle injury. You know, he goes out in the second quarter. Um, he limps off, can't really put a ton of weight on it, and then gets carted and doesn't return. So, you know, they're they're cooked. I, Tyler Huntley does make some plays, and he has good mobility. 
but also he's like strikes me as like fairly unique in that I don't know too many quarterbacks and he's young. I think he's in his second season where he almost is not aware that other players are chasing him. The, the blindside shots he takes and the way he holds the ball. So it's almost like he has so much to learn in terms of awareness. It costs him on a couple different plays, including a turnover in the red zone. So if, if Lamar is missing any extended amount of time, I think the Ravens are, have a very real chance. Because even with Jackson in the lineup, the offense is so bad right now. Um, they play the Packers and then at the Bengals and then the Rams. There is a that chance. That is a rough stretch. There's a chance. And on the Brown side of thing, I, I do still feel the same way. They did not score a point in the second half. Uh, it's such a it's conservative offense now. Less than 300 yards here. I know Baker after the game said he was he's feeling better than he's felt, but there's just no juice to this team. I, on I'm not offense. buying the feeling better thing. I mean, it's it's. I just think that this is a quarterback struggling in every possible way. They don't have. Does he have a, to be in the lineup if he's playing? I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. Like they they just they don't have a clear cut number one wideout. Um, they were without two tight ends that I think are important to Baker today. They could, they haven't been, it's, it's two straight games against the Ravens. They haven't been able to run the ball. In the first game, you picked off Lamar four times and lost. In this game, Lamar barely played and you nearly lost. I think that should be a heat check whether you came out of here with a victory or not. I have, I have one question. Yeah, at, oh, go at ahead. At one sure. point in that game, at, at one point in the game, the Ravens had more points than they had first downs and it still ended up a two, a two point finish. Like uh, that, that, it should be concerning. Yeah. Very wild ending to the game. One question, Mark. We, when we drafted this week I took the Browns game because you said you needed a break and didn't want to watch the Browns you very clearly watched the game close so here's what happened we were on the break we were um, I took I was under the impression that Bengals Niners was a 1pm game and it got moved to 4pm so I got that ugly 2 4pm thing so I had you know the ability hey, and the bandwidth to watch it had it. I can't confirm this. He came in talking about it. He's like, he was suddenly surprised. He's like, what? That's at 420. Like he did move that game. So he was looking at I, an older yeah, thing. I like my day to get less uh, frenetic. So right. I always start with more upset. games. And then, but, you know, I, I got killed the, today. The point of it was, though, that you needed a break from them entirely. Right, that's true. Yeah, but really. no, like, if I really wanted a break, I'd be like in a park somewhere, There's, like, you know, <laughs> like eating a picnic barrel. True or I mean, false. Like, you watch the Browns oh, yeah. game more closely than your, quote, primary game. Tennessee, Jacksonville. We see what you're doing you here. You better bet your ass I did. <laughs> you better bet your ass. All right, let's move on. Here's Newton. He's going to throw. Quick shot. Intercepted. Michael Walker. And he's got road in front of him. Walker will score. 15, 10, 5. A pick six off Cam Newton and Atlanta leads. West Durham with a call. WZGC. Linebacker Michael Walker returned to an interception of Cam Newton, 66 yards for a touchdown. The Falcons improved to 6-2 and two on the road this year. 29-21, they beat up on the Panthers. Uh, Shooky, Atlanta, they're not good, like, at all. But they are undeniable, uh, undeniably in the NFC playoff picture with four games to play. Yeah, I had that moment today when I looked at their record on the, on the score graphic and thought to myself... Oh, no. This team has a legit shot to make the playoffs, and I don't know what I'm getting That's from terrible. this team That's on a weekly basis. Yes, yeah, it's terrible because the, the, that, this is the one situation in which the third wild card might actually produce, like, a, a bad team. Like, last year, Washington kind of got hot going into the playoffs, so it made for like, Chicago, uh, you know, we had to watch Trubisky win the Nickelodeon yeah. Valuable Player Award. That was pretty <laughs> rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- th- this, is the, this game was between two similar teams that was kind of a snoozer in the fourth quarter, which is more emblematic of where the Panthers are headed right now. I think you have to be proud of the Falcons because of what they're doing I think with the talent that they have because 
I mean, you got Kyle Pitts, who's who's flashed at times, but oh, you haven't had Calvin Ridley for a long time. Um, you know, it, it's just you can tell when they, <laughs> when they're out there and they're Quadri Allison's getting carries and, and you're throwing to Russell Gage. This is not a team that's loaded with talent, and yet they are scrappy. And in a game like this, they're playing a team that's similar. They're both kind of just out there existing right now. Uh, you know, they took advantage. They Sell forced it, the baby. team. I mean, they, 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 they fired up that game. I watched this game the first time around, though, and. Carolina wiped the floor with them physically, like ran it 49 times and just like bossed them around. And so to me, it's telling. It's these two young coaches that Atlanta comes back around. They were like negative 100 million points point differential this year. They were 32nd in DVOA coming into this week, and yet they're 6-7. and seven. And I think looking at these two teams, you can say one team is better coached. And, I, and Carolina, who you bring in Cam Newton, that's a mess. I know that. But you score 21 points with him and P.J. Walker, and your defense comes back on the field when your offense cuts it to one score late, and all you got to do is get one stop, and you can give the, your offense a chance. And their defense could not get off the field. And you know what, Kyle Pitts, I know he only went 5 for 61, but he always makes big like game-winning type 3rd and 13 conversions. So that doesn't show up in your fantasy box score, Dan, but I think, hey, he's, he's, I think he's won them a couple games. I, I really was going to say, my frustration, and he has. You're yeah. right, he's made some big plays. My frustration has nothing to do with Kyle Pitts, the player, yeah. or the prospect. I think he's really talented and has a chance to have a great career. Uh, but at one point, I tweeted in the first quarter, <laughs> Kyle Pitts fantasy owners looking at the box score and realizing yet another 438-0 outings upon us with Jack Nicholson from The Shining knocking down all the dishes. Ouch. With four minutes left in this game, he had four catches for 38 yards and zero <laughs> touchdowns. Then he got the big catch. That was huge. But anyway, the Falcons offense is a little sleepy and dreary, uh, but they're in the mix. I, I shook. This came across my email, something that you wrote to flip it to Carolina and their coaching issues. Matt Rule's spaghetti at the wall approach is growing tiresome. I have been a big supporter of Rule, but the last fortnight has been about as ugly as it could get for Matt Rule and the whole idea of what he was bringing to Carolina. Yeah, I'm glad you said this because this is my bone to pick with them. I am out on Matt Rule, like completely out. He cans his offensive coordinator and, and you know makes him the scapegoat, hands the job off to his lifelong buddy, and they put up 21 points while rotating quarterbacks at times. What is the point of rotating? Mm. Qu- what are you trying to figure out what you have in P.J. Walker? We know what you have in P.J. Walker, an XFL star who is a backup quarterback in the NFL. Why are you wasting your time doing this? Well, it's, they played at Temple, like too, and that matters to the head coach. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, the background. That's great. I mean, but is, is P.J. Walker much worse than 2021 Cam oh. Newton? And I love Cam no, Newton. But I'm why just the saying, process of, of going I back and know. forth yes. between them? That that and that's my point is what what is the point that we're going back and can forth I I could add two? maybe a little context just that I saw some of the beat reporters saying that thing you've heard about Cam because he signed in the middle of the season he doesn't have a good level of knowledge in the two minute uh, drill in in the uh, playbook so they put in Walker at the end of the half that's why he went in and that's why Cam came back in the third quarter but even then it's just like what are we doing here like what yeah, and you know what that- are we doing Matt. You know that two-minute drill that they put him in for? You know how it ended? P.J. Walker throwing one of the worst picks I've seen okay. this year. There you go. That, I mean, that, that's the Since Panthers. His last I'm pick. done. I'm done with them. I think, and we're going to get to Urban Meyer because I think he's roadkill, basically. But I think rule, yeah. when you, you're going to get to that six to eight number at the end of the year on Black on Black Monday, I think rule, despite that contract that he signed, mm. is very much in danger right Man, here. Man, that's depressing. We well, see. plus there's four, ga- like, there's four games left, Mark. So let's say they lose them all. You know what I mean? Then that... That plays a big factor. Like if they lose an all, it keeps getting worse, and it's five and twelve. Well, that, I think that we all hurts, know the owner is an impatient chance. individual. All right, one more game with Shooky, and we're lucky to have him. <laughs> 
Handoff to Gordon. Gordon to big hole. Ten. Gordon to the five. Gordon into the end zone. Touchdown, Denver. 14 yards on the touchdown scamper as he walks into the end zone. The Broncos honored the memory of Demarius Thomas with emotional tributes and a 38-10 win over the Lions. Running backs Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon each scored a pair of touchdowns, and Draymond Jones had a big game, two sacks of Jared Goff. So obviously a a very emotional day in Denver. Um, Demarius Thomas died at his Georgia home on Thursday, age 33. You know, they're still working through the details of what exactly happened, but a tragic loss, obviously, for one of the greatest players in franchise history at the wide receiver position. Uh, Several Broncos arrived at the stadium wearing number 88 jerseys. Uh, Kicker Brandon McManus wore custom cleats featuring Thomas's smile. There was a pregame moment of silence, a video tribute featuring Thomas's 80-yard touchdown catch from Tim Tebow in that famous playoff game. And then it all culminated uh, with the Broncos taking the field with just 10 men uh, to start the game, the first snap in honor of Thomas. It was a five-yard penalty. Of course, the Lions declined the delay of game. So, you know, Shook, a really sad time in, in Broncos um, for that organization. Uh, they were able to uh, process that and play a really strong game and kind of keep themselves in the mix in the AFC as well. A really strong game and a good bounce back performance for them after that frustrating loss to the Chiefs in primetime last week. You know, this is another team that's right there in the hunt. This is a game that, you know, you couldn't afford to to be kind of a trap game, especially the Lions coming off of that victory. And they took care of business and, and what was a somber day uh, that they also handled with extreme class, I think. Um, you know, the, you could say a lot about the franchise and, and the way they've operated since the 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 passing of Pat Bolin. And, and this is one of their, you know, brighter moments, both on the field and just in terms of their own history and honoring, mm-hmm. you know, one of the legends of that team. And and for them, from their season outlook, you know, you, you, you get right back on the horse and you keep going forward and uh, it's a positive positive day for them. I mean, you get a strong day out of your running attack. You kind of dominate the game and you just, you take care of business. So good on them. They, they called 18 runs to five passes in the first two drives. You don't see that too often. And it was 14, nothing. It's like a lot of people have been getting on Melvin Gordon this year. Cause I just went to Javante Williams show and Javante Williams like made a great spin move on his touchdown. catch. Melvin Gordon's good ball player. You want to have two good running backs. It's a great combo. It's a Vic Fangio dream, and this team who's just the exact picture of mediocrity gets to that Cincinnati game next week. Still in that mix. Still in that 7-6 and six mix where one of those two teams, whoever wins that game, uh, is going to have a, a nice little juice. A nice I mean, what little if you bump were, coming what, into what the What if end. you were Vic Fangio and you told ownership back in August, we'll have the same record as the Buffalo Bills coming out of Week 14? <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, even if you had just said we'll be seven and six, I think they'd be like, okay, that, I, I would sell it. The, okay. I would sell it with the Bills angle. I think that would probably be shinier. Let's see where the Broncos are. I'm looking at the updated playoff standings well, going into Sunday Night Football. Well, they're tenth. They're up two spots. They're tenth. Uh, but yeah, but they're tied. I mean, they're tied <laughs> right. with the sixth spot. It's crazy that the that there's one game between like the four and the thirteen or no or the or the. Ten, rather. It's crazy. There's five AFC teams that are seven and six. Hello, parody. All right, Chucky. Uh, thank you for joining us, pal. And um, we'll catch up with you next week. And make sure to check out Nick's great work on NFL.com. And he's all over the network now. Shook, make it a little play. You know, maybe, we want it to be successful. It's like when Sam Darnold was traded to the Panthers. Uh, we want it. 
We want him to find success in his new home because he's a good guy. But just don't become too successful. Because what do you mean? I, like, I mean, Sam works for the NFL. Like, a, what do you mean new home? I don't, well, I don't want yeah. him to take over power rankings. I don't want him to take my chair here on uh, around the NFL. I want him to have his own lane where he's successful, but he doesn't impact me in a negative way. Seems fair. <laughs> Like, not a crazy request. I mean, Shook will be at the bottom of that Lake Erie scenario if he gets too close to Dan, trust me. Or Greg, especially. Please. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I, I, I mean, cinder blocks around my ankles. Okay, I, I don't want that. <laughs> I, don't, right, I, don't, Shook, I don't want to be at the bottom buddy. of Lake Erie. <laughs> there See goes the pipe. What's up with you, Mark? What was that what? comment? Especially. Speaking, <laughs> speaking truths. Please. You just said you don't want him near anything that you are, are right. doing. I was joking, and then you came in with some, like... <laughs> Because I was just saying when I saw, I saw Greg's I saw Greg's mind working, so I just was translating Greg's mind. Ricky, did you notice? Like I'm joking around over here, and then Mark's throwing 98. Erica up around totally the head. gets what I'm saying, right, Erica? Well, I. By the way, you... don't come after Erica either. What? So so throwing it at me yeah. makes it better. I feel like I we know, should. Really. I feel like we should take a minute yeah. and just like recompose everybody, ourselves. Everybody, take a deep breath. Yep. We got a lot of show left. Yeah. We'll be back after just this set break. fire to the whole room. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Back is Allen, pressured, gets a ball, throws the ball out as he's being sacked by uh, Gregory. If it's a fumble, it's picked up by Dallas. They are calling it Gregory, forcing a fumble, and Dallas has recovered. Brad Sham, the Sham God, KRLD, with the call. The Cowboys led Washington 24-zip and 27-8 before Kyle Allen replaced an injured Taylor Heineke, led a 73-yard touchdown drive, and then Cole Holcomb intercepted Dak, ran it back for a pick six. But Washington's comeback bid came to an end when Allen fumbled with 224 to play. Final score, Cowboys 27, Washington 20. A preordained outcome after big bad zaddy Mike McCarthy foretold it and shared his (laughs) visions with the masses. The big... the big bad zaddy made it all about him. You know, we're, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. Confident in that. Confident in that. We're, we're going to win this game. Confident. 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 
Yeah. The zaddy. I like it. It's like, it's like I want everyone to talk about me. Lock it up, baby. Get on the side oh, of the big what, bad zaddy. That's what's going on here. I get get on the side of the big bad zaddy. Well, congratulations. Greggy, too. That, oh, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, it's oh, and the Westlings, they locked up the Bucks. Got away with that one. Ricky locked up the bye week. <laughs> oh, wait, you didn't make a pick? Yeah, she did. She locked up the... Yeah, I picked the Bills. Because yeah. I really was like, the Bills, you know, the... the no, NFC. that's a lock for you. You wanted the other team to win, right? Yeah, I won. Yeah, lock it up again. <laughs> We're flying. The Titans won. Graveberg is back there. Hit him up. <laughs> I mean... The Cowboys were outscored 20 to 3 in a game where for the most part their defense was absolutely dominant where they hit Tyler, Taylor Heineke so many times that he was injured. Ah, it was like that like this was the blown lead that felt the flukiest. At no point did I think Washington was going to complete this. And yet the Cowboys getting the ball seven times in the second half, just like that Saints game. Although the Saints game, they won by a lot. Seven times in the second half, and they got three points. And you know how they scored those three points? Their offense set them up in field goal range, and then they had a ten, you know, fifteen-yard drive. They did nothing. It's weird. Da- Cowboys fans are freaking out right now because Dak had a game where he could have thrown about four interceptions. Mm. He did not play well in the first half when they. We got, got out to about a 24 nothing lead. I was thinking this is exactly like Thursday night where Kirk Cousins is somehow having one of his worst games of the year and they're winning 29 to nothing. It was very similar to that. And you add that up and it is, it is concerning. And yet you, you do have to remember the other side counts too. And the Cowboys defense is freaking amazing. I'm looking at this. This is mm. one of the weirder and more incredible drive charts I've seen all year. 11 of 14 marches for the, for Washington. Went for 11 yards or less. The first half was as dominant a defensive performance as any half of football all year. The Washington football team had six drives. In those six drives, they turned the ball over twice. They had a total of 29 yards on those six drives. And if the Cowboys could have held on to some interceptions, they actually touched the ball far more in the first half. I, I counted it up. Six or se- I think it was six passes defense. About four of those were dropped interceptions. Heineke was a mess uh, and he only had two or three completions. So at that point in the game, like the Cowboys were just running all over this team and yet the offense like should have put up 60 points in this game. It was crazy. It's yeah. very weird. I mean, just the box score here. Dak averages five and a half yards an attempt, the Gabbard zone. Zeke with another, you know, forgettable game, less than four yards a carry. They ran for, th- for most of the second half as Clement played. So wow. he's hurt. He's wow. hurt. Because, you, you know, we had no Pollard in this game. He was out as well. So, you know, even with Pollard not in the mix, they still didn't think Zeke was a guy who could uh, make it through the game. And I guess he couldn't. So it's like, man, I think, and we talked about this going into this game, both on the podcast and on the TV show, that is Dak going to kind of come, come, you know, back to being the Dak that was an MVP level guy. And, man, it's starting to mount. The weeks are starting to mount, Mark, where it's just not happening here. And yet, I mean, just with the way the the league is and with the way it's been for quarterbacks this season, like I'm willing more than ever to forgive slumps. And, um, you know, we could be weeks away from Prescott getting in a hot streak again at the right time. They put them – they basically won the NFC East today. And that was – it was up for grabs if they had lost this game. So 
that's important. Like you're right, they have four games left, a pretty favorable schedule. They're nine and four. Can they turn it around? They have the personnel to do it, uh, and just the way that this like Parsons added another couple massive plays for his defensive player of the year, Kennedy. Gregory returns to this game. Randy Gregory jumps over a cut block, t- tips it up in the air, and intercepts a pass and and forces a fo- like. Players matter, and they're getting these players back, and like they still have all the players that should get it done. But the Dak thing's weird. He's very indecisive, and he's like almost afraid to run. There were multiple times today where he could have picked up a first down with his legs, and he didn't, and they punted the ball because he just sort of held it and hesitated. Hmm, makes you think. Um, and it, yeah, Jane's I'm, point made me think, It too. makes me think more of his right. health, though, because yeah. there's nothing about the personality we know of Dak from Hard Knocks and Beyond that says anything about fear or trepidation. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Jane had said that maybe the injuries he suffered is leading to something, even if it's not like in his mind directly uh, that he's not running and performing as an athlete in his natural way and being a little bit more gun shy. So we'll see. And on the Washington side, yeah, this was their chance. They're taking to get back into the division race. The defense balls out and they still don't find a way. That's a frustrating loss. Let us move on. Rolling to his right as Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Guyton. Caught! Touchdown, Chargers! (laughs) There is one quarterback in the NFL that can make that play, and he is on the field here this afternoon, and it makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah! Put that in the best of uh, list, right? Matt Money Smith, our boy, the voice of God for the Around the NFL podcast, also gets a paycheck from KYSR, Chargers Radio. Great call. Justin Herbert is a savage in the pocket. The second-year <laughs> stud threw three touchdown passes, including that impossible missile to Jalen Guyton. He's done two. He's done that two weeks in a row. Just crazy passes in the end zone to Guyton. 37-21, Chargers beat Giants. Mark, we challenge the Chargers to take care of business, business and act the part of an actual AFC contender, and they did it today. They absolutely did, setting up a monstrous game on Thursday night with the Chiefs. Saucy. And go back and listen to that call again from money because there's an obviously distinct pause after he threw the ball and when it was caught. I mean, this was one of the biggest ropes I've ever seen from any NFL quarterback of all time to the point where Daniel Jeremiah Ah. said that he's never seen a throw like that. And I mean, yes, it came against the Giants, which to me, I mean, the Giants at this point are not unlike um, when someone unleashes like a killer fart in a car in the middle of winter, like you're in a tough place. Oh, yeah. Second fart and, reference. Well, that's what they seem like. But the like opponent to me. has nothing to do with that that unbelievable ability. That, no, it's separate. And I like this. Was, this yeah. was the Chargers taking care of business, and you know Mike Williams a second week in a row with total chemistry with Herbert. Uh, they just thumped the Giants, who are in a terrible place. And you know we had a conversation about like Saquon Barkley just doesn't look right to me in this offense. But forget the Giants. I think this was about and they, you know the the Chargers. This is a classic scenario where you could have imagined them getting clipped like 27-24 and taking all the wind out of the sails. It adds faith in Brandon Staley. It adds incredible faith in Justin Herbert, who when he gets on a roll, the height with the height of their powers, the Chargers can beat any team mm. in the league. This was another awesome Bosa performance, by the way. I mean, they had some inspired performances all over the field. Leads the league in forced fumbles, Joey Bosa. They... We're up 37-7 to with five minutes to go in a game they lost the turnover battle two to nothing. I, I think Herbert's just like 
the evolution of the NFL is like the players always get better. That's what I think. Like it just in terms of physical ability. And to me, Herbert and Mahomes just do things I've, I haven't seen before. I think the throws that Herbert makes are throws I haven't necessarily seen mm. before. And that is just when it's right, it's so fun to watch. And seeing Guyton and then Josh Palmer also went 566-1 in this game. Those two guys coming on and being factors really, I think, can help round out their offense. Austin Eckler remains an important part of this offense. He went out with an injury. Anything on that? Mark? So Brandon Staley said afterwards, and you know, he just want to wait till the next day, but that he looked, he thought he was fine. And he also said that Keenan Allen is, is should be back on Thursday night as well. So, I mean, that, he was out that, with COVID, yeah. right? That that's, you know, this offense, I, I, I love that this game is happening against Kansas city when it is, because this is the most, uh, steamy version of the Chargers we've seen all year. And we'll preview that game, you know, in full on Tuesday because that is, I think, such an important game in the arc of this organization. I'm not going to, like, I don't want to oversell it, but, you know, if they really show up and beat the defending conference champions, they are all of a sudden, mm. a lot of people are going to see them differently. But in the here and now, they took care of business, and that's important. Anything else to add on this game? One just housekeeping is that they said Daniel Jones is going to see a different next specialist Uh-oh. on Monday. And just the way they framed it, and it's a neck injury, four games left of the season, I just wouldn't be surprised if, if he's put down for the year and they're kind of thinking about that draft pick maybe. Too. Right. Neck injury plus four and nine plus middle of December. I mean, the plus, chances plus that you see Plus Joe Judge with a thousand-yard stare that does not that Lenny, leaves you concerned. Lenny him. Williams also got hurt in this game. Joe Judge taking three timeouts with four minutes left down like 30 points trying to get the best backdoor cover of the season. And Giants backers were loving that. That was a, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Him, take, him taking the timeouts down 30 points. Uh, it was all it was good. Hey, man, that's right out of the Tom Coughlin book. All right, Joe Judge uh, could be in trouble. Uh, you could say the same for Urban Meyer. He had a chance uh, to put another week of ugly controversy behind him against the division rival Titans. It didn't really go to plan, however. Tannehill rolling to the left. Turns, runs, scores. Finger roll. Touchdown! <laughs> yes, sir! Yes, sir! Mike Keith with the call WGFX. The finger roll is the most underrated touchdown celebration in the NFL. It's the... Ryan Tannehill kind of does the Air Jordan thing and then does the spin of the ball away. I just like it. Tannehill didn't throw a touchdown on Sunday, but he ran for one. And that was all the Titans would need. And a 20-to-zip win over the completely depressing Jacksonville's Jaguars. Tennessee snaps a three-game losing streak, fortified their standings atop the AFC South with four weeks to go. Also, the first home shutout in more than two decades. Surprising nug there. Mark, Tennessee desperately needed a performance and more to the point, an opponent like this. Came at the perfect time. We don't need uh, the the Tennessee Titans to be like a flock of hotties at this point. They're living life on the razor's edge. They got a lot from their defense today. You know, the last two games, it was nine turnover giveaways for the Titans, which unspooled them. They did it today to Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville had a big part of this. Their offense is, um, it just doesn't exist. And Trevor Lawrence had his worst game of the year. He's been put in a terrible environment, but a lot of it has to do with the pressure that Tennessee put on him. Um, their ball hawking secondary. I mean, they just, this team to me, it's like a classic team win where, you know, Tannehill does not, Julio Jones 
three, four catches for 33 yards. He's not coming in and saving the day, but Tannehill spread the ball all around. He had a, a, like a really rough and tumble 17-yard run early that was followed by an unnecessary rough, roughness that set up an important score. He had a touchdown run later on. He did just enough. And I talked to Graver Digger during this game. I think we thought, you know, this was a complete team win for a team that's very incomplete right now, personnel-wise. I totally agree. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, forget about the game. Graver, anything, first of all, was the wife listening, and not your wife, not our wives, thankfully, listening to uh, the podcast on Thursday? No. All right, good. Yeah. Any other blowback from your appearance? No, no. You're operating in the Interesting use of words there. What did I say? Blowback. Did, did, let me ask you this before we get to the game. Um, because a lot of people were left wondering. Yeah. Um, are you looking to enter into a romantic relationship with this woman? I would say yes, but not in any way that is unethical or immoral. No judgment zone here. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> oh, I'm starting to piece together um, in my mind what's happening here. What? what you, what's your theory? I, I, I'm just going to posit a, a theory that that she is in an, like an open marriage of some sorts where she's allowed to do what she's <laughs> wow. doing because you say there's no ethical issues. Mark's or maybe fantasy you, scenario maybe comes your, in Maybe now. your ethics are not challenged by it. I'm just saying no, or, or nobody's ethics challenged uh, by it's it. It's not an open marriage situation. Well, okay, okay. okay. Well, maybe she doesn't need that to be told. This is great either, stuff. But. Yeah, that's excellent. All right, we're going to continue to get updates on Graver. Mm. Uh, hit his music, and now I want to get his thoughts on the Titans. Once we hear... That. And that's another episode of. I don't know what we're calling this. <laughs> Digging something other than a grave. <laughs> <laughs> Digging grave the digger. grave of that marriage. Oh God! <laughs> All right, your thoughts on the Titans? Did you you feel better about the team now? There was also a report, inevitable report. You kind of were expecting it at some point that Derrick Henry is on track to to return for the playoffs and maybe even week 18 if the Titans need a regular season win to get in. Uh, you combine it with a 20 nothing lead. How are you feeling, Justin? I feel pretty good about the Titans right now. That Henry report is super encouraging. You, you're looking ahead, and A.J. Brown should be back, not this next game, for, but the, the one following that Thursday night football against the Niners. So I think the defense, I mean, the shutout, is a pretty impressive thing, especially because the Jaguars drove the ball deep into Tennessee territory a couple times where it felt like the shutout was going to be threatened, but then they came up with, whether it was an interception or Jacksonville committed a penalty and pushed themselves backwards. Like It's tough to really judge too much because Jacksonville's so inept. All right, so let's talk about that. So uh, Tom Palacero, uh, NFL Network, reported, actually on Good Morning Football, um, he really uh, dropped these bombs uh, with the great Connie Fox hosting all sorts of heat involving things going on behind the scenes uh, with uh, the Jaguars, with Urban Meyer not seeing eye to eye with players, with him calling out his coaches and having his coaches, uh, his assistant coaches, uh, explain their credentials and talk about himself as a winner and what have you won, just like the ugliest, most grim stuff ever. And of course, now that's all anyone wants to talk about. Uh, after the game, especially after a shutout loss. Here is Urban, just a quick snippet of what Urban Meyer had to say after the latest Jaguars loss. What's the answer? Uh, start leaking information or some nonsense? No. No, that's nonsense. That's garbage. That's, uh, you know, that's once again, I've been very blessed. I've not really dealt with that. 
I've been, I'm not dealt with. Well, did you hear what he said? That will that will occupy very little of my time. And if if there is a source, that source is unemployed. I mean, within seconds, <laughs> if there's some source that's doing that. I it just to me it just screams like. Hi, I'm as pompous as it gets. I am above everyone. And I think that these reports um, are damaging. I think they're true. I mean, he also spends half the time on the sideline looking like he ate a squirrel's head. He looks uncomfortable. He looks um, out of place. And I think he can tell that the Urban Meyer um, aura or persona that some people are calling legendary because of what he did in college has come to the NFL and been completely undone. I mean, he's an offensive coach. This offense is unwatchable every week. Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown since the bye week. He had four interceptions today. Every week, it's the same thing. It's a battle to score one touchdown. Two never happens. You look at actions. You know what I mean? Like Marvin Jones is really well-respected as like a leader type of guy. He was mentioned that in that report as someone who left practice, had to be convinced if, whether he would come back. James Robinson, like known for being like a you know, great story, great guy. He He's involved in all this. Then you look at Mike Vrabel and Urban Meyer's handshake at the end of the game. Vrabel worked for Urban Meyer for two years, mm-hmm. and it was like the biggest flyby disrespectful move. I don't know which way it was more uh, disrespectful. Meyer never by even Meyer. made eye, by Meyer. no eye contact. By Meyer. That's that pompous yeah. nature. He wouldn't even look at him in the eye. Vrabel also didn't even slow down. It is just a disaster, and that's why watching – this offensive performance each and every week and then seeing somehow that the early line of next week's game is Jaguars by three and a half, that the Rainmakers actually coming out on a Sunday night <laughs> recap show. Take that three and a half before it goes down to three because everyone's going Texans next week. Texans are going to cover that one. All right. There you go, Greggy. That's what I'm talking about. You got to stick. Roll with it, baby. Well, I, I'm 11 and 1 against the spread today, so I'm just feeling myself. So yeah, I needed just I a, think you a reason feel to go. Congratulations. No, it doesn't do me any good. All right, let's take a break and then hit the rest of the games. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Handoff now. Kamara again, bouncing to the right side, moves inside the 10, 5. He is into the end zone. Right side, Alvin Kamara, 16 yards. Touchdown, New Orleans. Mike Haas, WWL, with the call. Alvin Kamara ran for 120 yards and a touchdown in his return from a four-game absence. The, sna- the Saints snapped their longest losing streak under Sean Payton in a 30-9 win over the Jets at the Meadowlands. That would that had been a five-game losing streak for New Orleans. But the Jets are the elixir for most teams that need to get right. That was certainly the case here. Uh, Taysom Hill, you know, he's got that finger thing, and it's an issue. I don't – he's already kind of a limited passer, and there were several throws where it just didn't look like it came out of his hand right. Maybe those throws don't come out of his hand uh, right even when the finger is not busted up the way it is. But – Either way, I, I have concerns about Taysom Hill uh, against uh, you know a big opponent in a big spot because I think the Saints are going to hang around and be in this NFC playoff picture. Um, he had a touchdown run when the game still mattered. He added a garbage time run to really juice the stats a little bit, but I would give him a C-plus for the game. The defense was much better, really shut down the Jets. We're missing a lot of guys. Zach Wilson, again, not playing very well. Uh, you give him a little bit of a pass because of the lack of supporting cast in this game. No Corey Davis, no Elijah Moore, who went on IR. We cannot catch a break. No Michael Carter. He's on IR. No Tevin Coleman. The Jets were 3 of 14 on third down and only had 256 yards of offense. So the Saints take care of business. They stay in the mix in the NFC. They're 6 and 7. They're one of six NFC teams that's 6 and 7. They are actually, you know, as tiebreakers go, they're last uh, among that group. But their defense, I think, has shown, and they're getting a little bit healthier overall in general, has shown that they can keep bad offenses down. Now, they go to Tampa next week. They're not going to win that game. Uh, but they do have the Dolphins, Panthers, Falcons to finish up. All of those games feel winnable. At least it's potent, it's possible, and I think this coaching staff, Saints fans sort of wanted to just throw this season away because it's been painful and they're done, but it's like, no, I think actually you're going to be there in Atlanta week 18, and that game is going to be meaningful. In, Nine and in, eight in Atlanta. Very I, I like doable. that schedule a lot, and I mean, I very think doable. Alvin Kamara, who had 94 of 129 first-half yards for the team, I mean, completely changes what they can accomplish yeah, you know, Taysom Hill's Taysom Hill's like the finger thing or not is not. I don't think he's going to lead him there. I think they have to come to that conclusion if you're Sean Payton. But with Kamara, I mean, well, but you get the 11 for 73 and two touchdowns on the ground, and maybe you're helping. I, I mean, Kamara more like long term. Of... Have we are we are we over this experiment after the season? But go as far as you can this year. And I mean, they were just a, a dead offense without I, Kamara before. I mean, I, I will never question Sean Payton's ability to call a football game on offense. But I was surprised for most of this game. And maybe it was it had something to do with the finger as well. I don't know, but they were not using Taysom Hill the way they did against Dallas for stretches, where they just said we're going to call some design runs and just pick up seven yards, nine yards, fourteen yards. That was not happening for about mm. three quarters of this game. He was just a pocket passer with a bad finger, and it was just like this is not going to work against a better team. Uh, so I, I think you would want to see more of that working the run game into it. But it just Kamara is the guy that he's the difference maker. As long as he's healthy and doing things, his touchdown. He made a Jets defender look silly, and he's one of the few guys in the league that can do that, mm. uh, that could just make defenders look like JV players in high school. So, 31 touches. Today. It's like they, these guys come off IR, and they're, and they're just get like, out, man. Get, get, <laughs> get back touches. to work. Anyway, good job by the Saints. Stay in the mix. They got a chance here, and the Jets, well, the Jets are what the Jets are, and I am a little worried about Zach Wilson. I know it's year one. We'll get to I'm, it I'm more. I'm legitimately angry. I'm not. I'm past anger and now maybe acceptance. I don't know. But let's move on to Houston. 
Second down and seven run by Penny left side. Breaks one tackle. First down. He is gone. 30, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, Seahawks. Steve Rabel with a call. K-I-R-O. This is like that, like, Joe Montana waves at John Candy and then goes wins goes and wins a Super Bowl. Music, maybe not a perfect fit for this version of the Seahawks. Possibly not. Uh, who improved to, what, four and eight or whatever, five and eight. Uh, Russell Wilson threw for 260 yards and two touchdowns. Rashad Penny ran for a career-high 137 and two scores and a 33-10 win over the decaying Texans. <laughs> Greg, the Seahawks are not very good, and yet two straight wins puts them on the fringes of the NFC wildcard race. You buying? You buying? No, because yes no? No, they're playing the Rams next week. But yeah. if they could ever get that game, <laughs> then I'm buying. Well, because the Rams have owned them in recent years, and, All right. and they're a good team this year, and the Seahawks you know, right. haven't been. But I'm buying a little bit, because if you get past that. Right, I'm going to ask you again. Just give me a yes or no. Okay. You buying? I'll buy it. All right, he's in, baby. That didn't, the Rainmakers that didn't also buying uh, the Texans next week, who you just said are decaying. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> this was kind of an old-school, like, run-run-Russ game, which is like the old Seahawks offense, like run twice to set up third and eight, and then Russell Wilson makes a nice play. 28 passes for 260 yards. Lockett goes for 142, as you mentioned. And uh, Rashad Penny, who's been about as criticized as any first-round pick uh, in recent memory, just because he's a running back and he plays for the like the savvy Seahawks Twitter fans uh, at a career game. So that's nice. Nice day for the Penny brothers. His brother, Elijah, Eli, uh, with nice. a two-point conversion and running it in for the Giants today. So what a day for Mr. and Mrs. Penny out there. Gotta love it. <laughs> I don't know what else to say in this game. Greg just assumes that there's a Mr. and Mrs. Penny. I'm sure the homework's not been done there. We don't know what's, I, yeah, you're what's right. going on. I, it, it crossed my mind. I, it's I too hope, late. I hope everyone's uh, there. But no, Russell Wilson really has looked better the last few weeks. Bobby Wagner's been all over the field the last couple of weeks. Uh, and Davis Mills at one point in this game was 14 for 14 for 150 yards and a touchdown. How about that? That is not the bad. most by a rookie of the, like straight <laughs> completions since 1991 and the most in Texans history. So a banner day. For the Houston Finishes Texans with 331 well. on 49 throws. It, it got way less efficient after that. They didn't do much of anything for a while. But there are moments when Davis Mills is like, well, he's he's a backup at least. Like will, he's an NFL backup, I think, at least. I've seen worse rookies. I mean, there's been worse rookies this year. And at most. I will say this as well, that I really had a very strong feeling that the Texans were going to find a way to memory hole this season and not have any record of it in their media guide going forward. But Kaimi Fairbairn, Fairbairn, Kaimi Fairbairn uh, set a franchise <laughs> record with a 61 yard field goal as time expired in the first half. So that has to go on the media. The guide. First, yeah, we're back. We're the, back. The, the, the games in. were ugly this morning. And at halftime, I remember you asked, like, is everyone's game terrible? And I was like, this is the best possible Seahawks Texans game. The first half of this game had a ton of big time, exciting plays. And then it just turned into as if all of America in unison should watch this together, not on the condensed version, but the full then version. It, it was that exciting, that alluring. Then it got a little less exciting. All right. There you go. That is uh, the early and late games. Now, Sunday Night Football. Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdown passes announcing, hey, 
I'm in this MVP race, too. I want to go back to back, baby. <laughs> no interceptions. Another brilliant performance from Rodgers in a 45-30 win over the Chicago Bears. A game that featured 45 points combined from two teams in the second quarter alone. But once the second half rolled around, it was domination for Green Bay, which outscored the Bears 24-3 in the final two periods, coasting to the win. Mark Sessler, the Bears uh, fall to 4-9. and nine. They're out of the picture. They don't even get to be on the fringe. If you can't even be on the fringes of a playoff race this year, you stink. You're 4-9. The Packers, on the other hand, moved to 10-3 and three and put themselves in position uh, to be very much alive in that race for the number one seed. What did you see from them today that you liked, didn't like, Anything you got, buddy? I mean, we we do not know the ceiling of the Green Bay Packers. And, uh, you know, they consistently are either in your top spot in the power rankings or hovering very close, as they should be. I will say this, though. Um, it's another example for me that we spent all last week. I mean, I personally did talking about this game. It will be not competitive. It shouldn't be on television. And, you know, for all the Matt Nagy talk, the Bears came to play. I mean, this was the highest scoring second quarter in the history of the Bears-Packers rivalry. And guys like Jakeem Grant, I thought, like, were were remarkable for the Bears in the first half. But you cannot contain Green Bay's offense for the entire game. And the Bears fizzled up towards the end. Yeah, it was 24-21 to Bears in the second quarter. (laughs) That's a a game's game's worth. Uh, but it was a Packers offense. You say that you can contain, and that makes sense. But you have you were able to contain them for about nine weeks this season. And now that Packers offense, like I hope defense has had their fun against them because that Packers offense is gone. Even though Elton Jenkins isn't there now and Bakhtiari's not back, they are fully loaded. And Rodgers' three best games of the season are the last three now in a row. Though sometimes if this is a game where if you watch the highlights, actually that will tell the story for you mm. because that throw to Adams to end the first half to me that was the biggest drive of the game. They were down twenty four fourteen. The Packers they get the ball back with one thirty two after the Jakeem Grant punt return and they go right down the field. And that throw to Adams was outrageous. Then the touch throw, the lollipop uh, to Aaron Jones. Uh, in the third quarter was outrageous. That throw was crazy. The Devontae Adams route that he set up uh, Jalen Johnson in the fourth Unfair. quarter, that's outrageous. I hope the highlights at least show the third and 18 to Lazard in the first quarter, too, because that was a crazy Aaron Rodgers throw. He is out of his mind right now. Yeah, he is the last three games from Rodgers with a bye mixed in. Um, the three games since we started hearing about this bad toe, which is he talks about the bad toe, but like Big Ben talks about his injuries. We hear about it constantly, but we don't see any actual ramifications on the field. You said, Mark, we don't know what the Packers ceiling is. I think it uh, depends how you want to look at like what the phrase means. If To me, if you're a true top of the line Super Bowl contender, and I think there's three of them, Green Bay, Arizona, Tampa Bay. That's what I see right now. Um, there is no ceiling. They are they are a team that very has a very good chance of winning this whole thing, and I think they play so well on both sides of the ball. That's why they've been number one in the power ranks for me, just because I think they're so balanced on both sides. So I also think the football gods have a sense of humor. I got to say that we we had a lot of fun uh, on this podcast uh, late last week talking about 
how dare they keep the Bears in Sunday Night Football. And this is where the sense of humor comes in. We're recording the podcast, the, the most of the podcast, it goes into uh, the Sunday Night Football game. Then we all sit down together in the second half and watch the rest of the game and then come back to the studio and finish the pod. And then Ricky gets it dressed up to send it live. We missed the fun part of the game. We got the bad part of the game, which was a nice little kiss off from the football gods. I actually respect it. Yeah, annoyed like the gods um, annoyed at the three of us. Yeah, for they our just hubris. Stuck it to us. Yeah, yeah, we flew too close to the sun. And yes. it actually, because there was so much, you know, we try to go back and watch what happened as we're like watching, you know, while it's halftime or while it's the second half. So it, it gave us more work to to go through. You know, when you're watching on Gate Pass, and at the bottom they have the little football. Sure. Where where there's a Key score. Plays, yeah. I mean, there was just it was just like all empty, and then there was like seventeen footballs <laughs> within like an <laughs> inch. I was like, "What is what is happening in this game?" I mean, if J- Jakeem Grant, I mean Ryan Pace, you got to think about him for executive of the year for that Jakeem Grant from the Miami Dolphins trade. What a what a performance! I will say, by the way, I mean the, the things that we missed that that what that ninety seven yard punt return was the longest so in Bears history, d- dating back to nineteen sixty, and that the the five touchdowns that we missed in that single quarter were the first time that was the first time in NFL history that there were five mm. touchdowns at 35 plus yards in the single quarter. What one last quick Those point on this game. True, I thought it idea. was really interesting that AJ Dillon had 15 carries Aaron Jones who looked good only had five. And then Matt, Matt LaFleur should get, credit, you know, and they just starting to put up those stats and everything. He's great at getting Adams open. Like some of those play calls in the first half, that's like what his job is, is even though everyone knows Adams is the, the only thing on in terms of their receivers, they find ways to get him open. It's not all just Adams. It's they, they get him into great matchups and they do a great job with it. He's having such an amazing career and you know, part of it is timing and just uh, kind of fortuity where you where do you end up with Adams, but I'm not taking anything away from him. He's also a tremendously talented receiver, but when you put together a great offensive scheme, legendary quarterback, and a guy with elite skills, you get the production you get from Adams, who is, you know, if he keeps his pace up, he is an absolute Hall of Fame. 11 straight Sunday night football games with a touchdown. But right. that is that is some that uh, matters. Like he's stuff. a money he's a money player. He's a guy you want on the field in big spots including the playoffs where the Packers are heading. Now Mark, before we say goodbye, right. um not to like take a, a serious turn here, but um you had mentioned oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. Jakeem Grant uh punt return and how it was historic for the Bears and Factoids. We take that as gospel from you uh, because we trust in you to give us the right information. But apparently there's something you wanted to share, maybe a, uh, a misstep. Uh, so we'll just throw it to you and I'll leave it at that. Yes. Um, you know, this came to my attention while we were watching the, the second half of that game. Um, so it's a message to my colleagues, um, to my friends, uh, my enemies, fuck you, uh, and to all listeners, wherever you might be. Earlier in tonight's episode of the Around the NFL podcast, I committed a verbal misstep um, and the blinding fury of post-game information coming my way, I noted that the Raiders' 48-9 loss was the worst in the organization's storied history. As play-by-play dudes sometimes say, check that. In fact, it was the Raiders' worst loss in their 61-year rivalry with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, no. For this grave error, I will submit myself to human resources for dense questioning following tonight's broadcast, I say this humbly, Seacrest out. Mm. Well, you're a big man, obviously, for 
uh, coming clean there. But I, ultimately, it becomes a Brian Williams situation where once it's nothing short of that. Once we, it, you are flying on the helicopter in Iraq. It's your turn. You took enemy fire. We t- accepted as truth because mm. you tell us it. Once the cat's out of the bag, as it were. Once we find out something you told us wasn't true, how do you kind of go forward, Greg? and say, okay, what he's saying is not nonsense. It's actually factual. I, d- I don't know what to think anymore. Right. There's kind of nothing you can say. Right. There's, you know, a bond that we have with Mark just as a journo. Or did have. Sure. It's in the past. And how do you, how do you replace that? Because now it's just words coming out of your mouth. You can know, I, can you I say you're going to humbly, you know, put yourself in front of HR at Sunday night at 848. I don't think they're here. I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't even think they're here. I think they're home. Well, I didn't say I when, they're Greg. Watching if, you wanted, if you want to deal in facts, by the way, I did not say when that would I'm happen. I'm annoyed with Greg. <laughs> I said I would submit myself to Human Resources for dense questioning following tonight's broadcast. Tomorrow would also be following tonight's broadcast. I think I'm and- we, we've been on fire, by the way, locking up things. I'm going to lock up Mark killing Greg by the end of the season. I'm going <laughs> to lock it up. <laughs> If I'm still here. I mean, this was, I have to admit, I'm not trying to, you know, be brash here. This was an, it, it, a hideous turning point um, for myself and for the show, and I apologize. Well, you're a class act. I'll leave it at that. That's up for debate. Um, all right. Here we go. Week 14, the flagship in the books. Coming up next for us, Tuesday. Check us out. We'll recap the Monday Night Football game, and it's a gorgeous matchup. And there's a lot, speaking of Mark, nobody is more like, into the lock game. Nobody needs it more than Mark. Uh, and he has his Cardinals locked up over the Rams. So we'll talk about that. The we fallout, don't need to watch the game. The fallout. Oh, the confidence is that high. It's for every. The confidence pump, was pretty high about that factoid about the Raiders, too. Just saying. Okay, noted. <laughs> watch it. Check it out. We'll be back Tuesday. Uh, you know, of course, check out the NFL Network show. It's on every Saturday. I think we're doing good work with that show. So this is every. If you haven't done it yet, this is the week to follow the podcast and watch the show on NFL Network uh, or on Game Pass. Anyway, that's it. Good stuff. Grave Digger, man. Still think about the Grave Digger revelation a lot. Uh, I think about it roughly fifty nine out of every sixty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. All right. Until Tuesday, heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 